Exclusive Books Homebrew is a celebration of the diversity that is local writing, covering fresh perspectives on history, sharing never-told-before personal stories, challenging established views, and excavating the trough of political policy. Exclusive Books Homebrew. Not the same old story. Today's episode of Homebrew is presented by advocacy journalist and poet Lerato Sibanda. Strike a Rock, the Tembi Katana story, is a youth memoir written by acclaimed sports writer Nikolaos Kirkenes. It tells of how Tembi overcame the limitations foisted on her while growing up, such as being bullied for her choice of dress, financial distress, and a troubled brother who gave her family tons of stress. It also touches on Tembi's sparkling personality her kingship with her Banyana Banyana teammates and the moment she was announced as the 2018 African Woman Footballer of the Year. Today we talk to Nikolaos, who is the biographer on his writing process. Welcome to Homebrew, Nico. Do you mind if I call you that? <laughs> no, that's absolutely perfect. Uh, you can call me Nico and thanks very much for having me. With no pun intended, please kick us off with a three-minute excerpt. I will just read to you at the beginning of the book. She should not be here. The girl child from a South African township should not be here. Ears rattling, legs shaking, heart pulsing. She should not be here. The air is different over here. It stings the nostrils with spices of success, opportunity and potential. Tembi is a long way from home. The stadium feels like a living beast, roaring out of its stands, breathing through its tunnels and beating its heart from the field. Before Tembi waits the biggest moment of her life. Behind her sits very little opportunity at all. A South African flag wraps itself around her arm. The brave colors of red, green, white, black, blue and gold. Each representing an aspect of the struggle that came before Tembi could stand here today. The flag pressed to her arm reminds Tembi that she does not just represent herself today. And the feeling in her chest tells her that this is much more than just a game. You see, Tembi's story is not just a story about football. This is a story about life. This is a story about struggle. This story will take you into the township and sit you down in the back of police vans. This story will put you face to face with drug addiction. This story will take you around the world it will walk you down the streets of China, have you in interrogation rooms in America, and soaring with eagles in Portugal. This story is about much more than just football. This is an African story. This story is woven with bold threads, comedy, action, and tragedy. This is a South African story. This story is not just about Tembi Katlana. This is the story of an incredible class of South African women who went on to achieve what no one had before. This is the story of the dream carriers, the women who keep the hopes and dreams of others alive on their shoulders. The story will take you to many places, but it all begins in the year 1996, somewhere in the heart of Mokla King. That's a beautiful, beautiful excerpt and wonderful reading. 
Thank you. Now, you started off your career as a sports writer for Soccer La Duma, if I'm correct. So now yes. in your social circles, do you introduce yourself as a journalist or as an author and why? I actually try to not tell people that I'm a writer because, first of all, you know, I'm, I'm pretty young, so it can come across as arrogant sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. But secondly, I'm always faced with very typical questions afterwards, and very typical comments. If I'm talking to a white person and they find out that I write about South African football, then they always they always like very puzzled and they're always wondering why I do this and why don't I watch European football like like other white South Africans? Um, mm-hmm. And I have to spend an hour defending South African football to someone who's never going to watch it. Or if it's someone else and they're genuinely interested, um, one of the most common things you also hear is someone saying, oh, well, you should write about me. I've got a fascinating story. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you have to listen to that for a while. So I usually actually try not tell people I'm a writer unless I'm in a setting where I feel a bit safer. Okay. I'll be honest with you. I was also surprised that a guy who went to St. Stithians and your kind of background would fall in love with Idiski, our own brand of soccer. Where did your love of South African soccer come from? So um, I think I was raised quite differently to how most white South Africans are raised. Um, I'm from a Greek South African family, a Greek-Egyptian family. Um, and oh, wow. we grew up in the fire town. And, you know, my dad is, is very patriotic South African. And he took used to take me and my brother to the football stadiums, like from about the time I was about three or four years old. And mm-hmm. he used to tell us, listen, boys, you, you weren't born in Manchester. You weren't born in Liverpool. You weren't born in Chelsea. You were born right here in South Africa. You pick a South African team. You stick to it. You stick to it through thick and thin. And it'll teach you a lot about loyalty and life and about staying true to the things that are grown in the same land that you were grown in. Um, mm-hmm. So it was it was really drilled into me from a young age that, you know, this is not just football, this is part of our identity. And this is something you, you share with your fellow South Africans and something you should celebrate. It's something you should study. It's something you should just lose yourself in. So as I can remember, I've been a Kaiser Chiefs fan. I've hardly ever missed a Bafana Bafana game. This passion has been with me my whole life. And of course, then, you know, you go on to attend a, a private school. Uh, I used to get teased a lot by other white students for my love of South African football. I always just stuck with it and I always loved it. And it turned out to actually be my career one day. So I'm very fortunate. That's amazing. So take us back to the day or the moment that you were commissioned to write Tembi Katana's story. Do you call her up and say, let's meet up for a drink, Tembi? Do you dig out news articles about her? Where did you start? So it was actually Tembi that approached me. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, the thing is, I've previously written a book for Teko Medise. Tembi said that, that she read that book a while ago and, you know, one day I'm going to be successful enough for this guy to write my book, um, which was really amazing to me because at that stage I was already a fan of Tembi's. I was very familiar with her career, I'd even watched her since she was at a university level. And, you know, I always thought she was going to be the next big thing in this country. So I was already like a big fan of hers. And then one day during the hard lockdown, she slid into my DMs on Instagram. And she said, let's talk. Um, You know, I want to get my story out now that I've won African Women's Player of the Year. It felt very right because 
I remember after Teko's book had come out, Teko said to me, he said, you know, whatever you do next, Nick, you just can't do anyone less than me. You can't just go write about some average footballer now. You have to make sure you keep going up, which at the time I felt was really unfair because he was largely considered the the best male footballer of the modern era. So I was like, how am I supposed to ever find someone equal to you or bigger than you? That's almost impossible. But then when Tembi came along, it, it made sense. I was like, well, this is the greatest woman footballer of the modern era. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, this is someone right up there with the statue of Teko Modisa. So, you know, I have been approached by other footballers to write their story and I turned them all down until Tembi came and um, it felt like she was the right person to write about. I like that she slid into your DMs. <laughs> the way that we do business nowadays is quite interesting. Yeah, exactly. You portrayed Tembi's dad so animatedly, three-dimensionally, I would say, and especially Tembi's relationship with her dad. To me, it became a resounding motif from the book, this daughter-daddy dynamic. Do you agree with me? Yes, it's, it's definitely a huge dynamic in the book. And what's quite interesting to see throughout the book is is actually his character development, the, the development mm-hmm. of Tim's father, because he starts out like many typical dads in the area, in that community who would, you know, he hears that his daughter's playing football and he doesn't want to know anything about it. He says it's not a game for girls, um, it's for boys. You need to focus on doing other things. And, you know, there's just a lot of stuff he didn't entertain or didn't really understand about his daughter. And then it all kind of changes when he actually watches her play one day. And he transforms into her biggest fan, but at the same time, her harshest critic. Um, In that moment, he kind of, he saw Tembi and he saw Tembi's potential to be great. And he decided he wasn't going to treat her like a little princess. He wasn't going to molly coddle her. He was going to be tough on her. He was going to demand greatness from her because he knew she could achieve it. So for a long time, it actually felt like a curse to Tembi because he would come down really hard on her, even when she played well. You know, he would always point out to her the ways in which she could play better. But, Mm -hmm. you know, he stuck with her through a journey and, you know, it all escalates, you know, on the night she gets crowned the the greatest woman footballer on the African continent. And her dad is her guest of honor there. And he's crying tears of joy and he's jumping up and down on his seat and he's whistling and he can't stop clapping even when they've moved on to other awards. They have to go ask him to keep quiet. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's then that she realizes that he actually was her biggest fan. He always has been, and he's always just wanted the best from her. So it's really commendable on his part that he had the ability to change from being like a stubborn old man to actually, you know, getting fully behind women's football and and just giving his his whole heart into supporting Tembi. Tell me, did you actually get to meet... Most of the people that she speaks about with so much love, for example, Vera, her dad, as well, her mom, did you get to go to Mutlageng at all? Yes, yeah, so I did actually get to meet all the people that were mentioned in the book. I was very lucky that Tembi worked together with me quite a lot on this and, you know, was, was always putting me in contact with these various people, even the people overseas like Vera Powell and them. I, I actually spoke to them. And it was really incredible for me to meet all these characters in Tembi's life. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite person to meet was this person in a book called Granny, who used to, mm-hmm. used to be like an old lady, used to look after the young girls in the high-performance training center. 
yeah, and I got to speak to Granny. And of course, at first, it was just me asking her about Tembi and asking about, you know, the things Tembi had said about her and asking for a few stories, etc. But then once we were done that interview, Granny and I carried on chatting for like another two hours. She wanted to know about my family. She wanted mm-hmm. to give me advice. And, you know, I, I, never got to, I never got to meet any of my grandmothers, my actual grandmothers. But when I chatted to Granny, Tembi's Granny, I felt like I, for the first time, had a grandmother. Um, yeah. So really special. You know, some of these people actually became characters in my life. Sure, that is so amazing. I mean, as a biographer, as you have already explained, you get quite close to these public faces and you get to know them beyond the public persona. What lessons would you say you learned either from Tembi herself or just from this book project? Just by virtue of uh, being let into someone's life, someone else's life, you you already learn a whole new world of information because you finally see things from someone else's perspective, especially someone from a very different background to you. So you learn an incredible amount. But what I'd say, a big thing I learned with Tembi and also with writing for Teco and other people is that a lot of Mm -hmm. these celebrities we see on TV, a lot of these famous personalities, they're almost almost so famous that you believe that they live in a different world to us. But actually, they're incredibly human, especially South African celebrities. They're incredibly human, you know. When Tembi Mm -hmm. comes back from Atletico Madrid and, and staying in the finest facilities that anyone can stay in the world. She comes back to Moshleke. When Tengo needs groceries, he goes to the shop himself and buys them. I don't know. Before I met celebrities, I assumed they had people doing these things for them. Uh, <laughs> they, they're living normal lives. They interact with normal people. Everywhere they walk, someone is approaching them out of the blue and telling them their opinion of this person. You know, even if they're just trying to enjoy a private moment with a loved one and they are subject to a lot of the same flaws and temptations that any other human is subject to, but they Mm -hmm. hold to a much higher standard. You know, they're not allowed even one slip up. One slip up can end your career. You know, I used to, I used to not have much sympathy for celebrities because I always used to have the mindset, well, you get really well paid to do something you love. So I can't really feel sorry for you in any setting, but now I have a different perspective. You know, these, these people have actual lives, actual relationship dynamics, insecurities, money problems, addictions. They, they struggle with all these things too. That really came out, you know, from my reading the story that you really wrote with so much compassion and you were able to, to really portray people three-dimensionally and holistically, not just superficially, you know. So kudos to you for that. So what's the future? What's Nico's future in terms of writing and journalism? So, you know, I want to keep writing. I believe that I'm, I'm at the forefront of something pretty exciting. Um, you know, we don't have many young authors in the country. We don't have as many as we should. And I kind of believe, you know, I've started this long-term project of getting younger generations to fall back in love with reading. And I kind of want to continue that project. I want to keep writing books that that get South Africans reading. Uh, Everyone says South Africans don't read enough and, you know, they don't pick up enough books. And I think the reason for that is because, you know, most books are not of interest to South Africans. They're not written about stories Mm -hmm. that actually um, apply to us or stimulate us. So I'm trying to bring a new style of writing, especially to the genre of biographies. 
and trying to take it a unique approach and just make them exciting, you know, make them very accessible type of writing that anyone can read, that you can pass down to older and younger generations that can transcend across cultural and racial barriers. And I want to continue that project. I want to continue putting out exciting content and and get people reading. You know, the most common feedback uh, we received from Terkel's book was the amount of people that said this was the first book I ever read in my life. And that to me was the biggest compliment because it was just people who, who don't have reading as a habit, who can choose to do a million things with their day. They can spend the whole day scrolling their phone if they want, but they decide to pick up this book and read. And I want to keep putting those, those beautiful products in front of people to stimulate their minds. Uh, so the next, my next book will be coming out in February next year. And it is the story of Junior Kanye. Oh, wow. You really do love Kaiser Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is actually the first Kaiser Chiefs football I've ever written about. So that's it's quite interesting. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it's special for me because, you know, even above my bed, I have a Chiefs jersey hanging up there that I got for my 10th birthday. And oh, on, that jersey, on that jersey, there's a bunch of signatures. And one of the signatures is from Junior Kanye. And, you know, mm-hmm. I never pictured as a 10-year-old boy that, you know, one day this guy's going to approach you and hire you to write his book. So it's a dream come true for me as well. And that's going to be a very exciting book, very gritty. You'll learn a lot about the dark side of South African football and some of the more hectic things that go on behind the scenes. But, yeah, we recently signed the contracts with the publishers. Um, it's just it's in the editing process now. And... Uh, you can expect it in stores in February next year. That's amazing and a beautiful testament of how everything has come full circle for you in your life and in your career. And also of how sport is a unifier of all of us in spite of differences. So Nicholas, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to our homebrew listeners for tuning in. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Homebrew. Do you have a question you'd like to ask our Homebrew authors? Send us your question and you could win a 200 Rand exclusive books voucher if yours gets chosen. WhatsApp a voice note to 079-664-0465. That's 079-664-0465. Or email socialmedia at exclusivebooks.co.za. To find out who our upcoming authors are, just follow Exclusive Books on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. This homebrew podcast was produced by Jonathan Anser, Dan Dews, and Lerato Sebanda for Exclusive Books. Books available in-store and online at exclusivebooks.co.za. Homebrew, not the same old story. Homebrew.